0: Country Day yeah, we, made ah, we made that one up. Happy Country Day, y'all. y'all stand and sing, with us, we're glad you're here this morning. David said, I was glad, very glad when they said to me, "Let's go to the house of the Lord today." So I pray that that's our hope too, and our excitement, being able to serve God and to worship with His people. Thank you if you're online. Glad you're worshiping with us too. Y'all sing this song with us.
1: Wait, wait now. Your kingdom forever will stand. We won't be shaken. We will not fear. Our God, a mighty warrior, your consuming fire, he victory your reign. We triumph in your name, Jesus, the great commander, you conquered forever
2: All right, good morning, let me hope. All right, all right, it's awesome, awesome. Glad you guys are here. Glad you guys are awake. Uh, if you haven't met the person next to you, uh, now's a great time to do that. You can turn to your left and to your right. And say, good morning, "Good morning, good morning." All right, I have a couple of announcements for you. If you came in the door this morning, which obviously all of you did, or else you wouldn't be in the room. All right, if you have. Uh, we gave you one of these things here. It's a worship guide. There's all kinds of stuff in here. There's a little pamphlet in there. You check that out. But also in the back, there's some announcements that of some things that I'm not going to cover. Okay, so you're going to have to read a little bit of some exciting stuff that's coming out. some registration, some things for kids, youth, that kind of stuff. All right, so I do want to welcome you this morning. So if you are a guest with us this morning, we do have a card in the seat back in front of you that you can fill out, okay? If you are online with us today, uh, there's probably a QR code somewhere. I don't know what side of, of the screen it's on on me, so it's either here or here, okay? I know, but online, it's either here or here, okay? It's on this side, Okay? So it's on this side. If you're watching at home, it's on this side. If not, we're going to move it to that side so you know where it is. Uh, You can fill out a guest card on there, too. Uh, So just click on the link there. It take you to all kinds of stuff that we have going on this morning. If you need a worship guide, it's there. If you need to know, uh, if you need to have prayer requests, it's there. Uh, Also, too, on your card that's in the seat back in front of you, fill it out if you're a guest. Let us know that you're here. We want to connect with you, connection card. But also, too, we want to pray for you. So if you have prayer requests, put that on there as well. Okay, so we're glad you're here, either in the building or joining us online. All right, a couple announcements, so I'm gonna scroll up my phone here, order of service. All right, I'm gonna go out of order because I wanna make one special announcement at the end. All right, so there is a UR, let me get this right, UR Women's Conference, it is next Saturday. Okay, it is next Saturday. Uh, It is from 9.30 to 4.30, you can sign up on our website or on the app. So click on the website, uh, probably scroll to the bottom, it's there, if you look under events, it's there. Uh, So it's on the website or on the app, Church Center app, so make sure you sign up for that, ladies. Uh, There is a blood drive, so if you like giving blood, if you don't like giving blood, come on down. Okay. So whether you like it or not, uh, and I know some of you guys, uh, and I'm talking specifically to the guys out there, I know some of you guys think you're like all big and bad and you can give blood and be cool. Uh, I've seen uh, big guys give blood and pass out too, so um, if you do, they have some cookies and some juice to revive you and some cold packs, uh, so you'll be good to go. All right, uh, let's see what else we got. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, if you guys were here this weekend, you got to come to the Engage Conference. Uh, if you didn't get to come to the Engage Conference this, this weekend, uh, our missionaries are still here. Uh, so Kaylee's here. Um, Moses and Sarah are here. Jeff and Rachel are here. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you where they're from or where they're going because I'm going to make you go out and see them and talk to them. Uh, so they have tables right outside uh, in, in the main hallway there. Make sure you go by and visit and see where they are from, where they are going, what God is doing in those areas, and especially for us, because we're sending these guys out, okay? Uh, whether it be here domestically or internationally. So go by and see them. We also have some other tables and things out. Visit those to see how you can get involved in serving here at Living Hope. Okay. So last thing is we have um, our interim elder, Mr. Don Van Vanner, has an announcement for us, so give it up for Don. Now I did joke last night I was gonna run off the stage and toss him the mic and he'd run up and catch it at the same time to make it really cool looking. Um, But we decided against that just in case. Thank you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Chad. Uh, As Chad said I'm Don VandeVaner. I've been serving with uh, Matt Polero and of course uh, Alan Pittman uh, as interim elders with the uh, primary uh, objective uh, to uh, identify and nominate for the church's consideration uh, some permanent elders. So uh, what I have for you today is not so much of an announcement as it is a commercial, uh, but we have been working, um, I don't know, for several months now, uh, meeting, uh, praying together, praying separately, uh, seeking God's word um, and what uh, the the requirements are for an elder, uh, praying about the men uh, in our church that could serve uh, as elder and even uh, talking some of those men and interviewing them. And so what I have to share for you this morning is we hope to have an announcement uh, about who those uh, interim elders, or I should say permanent elders, that we would uh, put before the church in the next two to three weeks. So I hope that just whets your anticipation and that you would be praying with us as we go through these next uh, two or three uh, weeks and you look forward uh, to that announcement when it comes. Uh, so, with that, let me uh, open us in prayer, if you'd uh, bow your heads with me. Father, we just thank you for this weekend that you've uh, given us. We thank you so much uh, for your word that you've challenged us with. You thank, we thank you for those who followed you in obedience, uh, Lord, and, and set an example for us. We thank you for uh, just uh, pricking our hearts, Lord, and making us think uh, more what we would have uh, to do for you. Um, Not out of obligation or a way to earn your favor, Lord, but just because of our great love for you because you have loved us first. Um, So we just look forward to more uh, as we're gathered here this morning. We thank you for our pastor, Alan, and his family. We pray, God, that uh, as we worship, it would be in spirit uh, and in truth um, as um, your word of truth is put before us, Lord, that your spirit would guide us. Uh, to receive that truth, Lord, and that uh, as we receive it, that we won't be the same uh, because of the power of your word. So we just look forward to what you're going to do this morning and in the weeks to come. We thank you uh, for all the men uh, and the families of this church. We thank you, uh, God, for uh, the leaders in this church and just ask that you would continue to guide us uh, and help us, uh, Lord, as we try to implement this elder system. Uh, in our church. You are good. Uh, We love you. Uh, We pray that you would receive all the glory through our worship this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Y'all can stand again and sing with us.
4: he never sinned but suffered as if he did (laughs) All right. <laughs> Father's plan. Sending us out, light in this road
1: Relentless love
2: Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. It has been a good day so far, God, but we pray that you would do something special in a minute, that you would teach us and train us and grow us, God, that you would make us brand new, that the way that we leave would not be the same way that we walked in, God. You're a good and gracious God, and we love you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Y'all can have a seat. All right, Kinder first and second, right out that door, over to children's worship. Mashana's right over there for you. And third, fourth, fifth, and sixth upstairs the Fusion.
5: Isn't it fun to hear all the little voices heading to children's worship? Uh, If I've not had a chance to meet you yet, I'm Alan. I'm one of the elders here and and teaching pastor, and we are absolutely thrilled that you are worshiping with us. For those of you in the building, welcome. It was really cool this morning as some folks came in for the first time since uh, last March after getting some shots, and they're here. It was really cool to be able to say, welcome home. Uh, because we are a family. At the same time, I, I want to say welcome to those of you that are worshiping online. Uh, I was in the home of one of our church members this week. And uh, to hear his passion for our church and his church family was amazing. And at the same time, to hear his sadness because he's just not quite ready to be back in the building yet. Uh, and we, I was able to share with him that we desperately love him and his wife. And that goes for all of you that are worshiping from home with us. We are thrilled that you're worshiping with us today as well. If I've not had a chance to meet you yet and you're here in the building, whenever we dismiss, be sure and stop by and say howdy to me. I'd love to kind of get to know you a little bit. And one thing that you can do for us, whether you are worshiping online or, or are here in the building, is you can fill out that connection card. That will be an opportunity for us to kind of get to know you, get your, know your name, and uh, share some information about our church with you. As you came in, uh, if you are here in the building, you picked up a worship guide probably. If you're at home, you can also access the worship guide through our website. And we are starting a new series on the book of 2 Corinthians today. Uh, but we are in an overarching series called uh, Foundations New Testament. And uh, we are walking through the New Testament, a chapter a day, five days a week, and, uh, and learning from God's Word together. We're right now in the book of 2 Corinthians and so we are starting this new series called living a sent life and i think it's fitting that we start with this series today because we've been a part of this engaged weekend where we've heard from these three missionary families as they've shared with us where they're going where they're serving what they're doing And if we're not careful, we can think, well, looky there, those are missionary families are going out there and doing missions, and and we've had a great weekend, and we'll pray for them, and we'll say goodbye to them, and we'll see them when they come back the next time, we can talk about missions again then. No, the reality is, all of us, whether we live here, or whether we live there, or whether we're in transition, whatever we're doing, we are called, as followers of Jesus, to live our lives in such a way that we acknowledge that we are all sent with a purpose and that is to share the hope of Jesus Christ with the world. If you've got your worship guide on the back of the worship guide there are some sermon notes that we're going to walk through together and you may have seen uh, the title and that is What's That Smell? Um, it's interesting I was talking to Howard beforehand and he said Alan are you starting the new series called Living a Scent Life? I said yes. And he said you're starting with Living a scent, S-C-E-N-T. And I said, exactly, Howard, you're on this morning. And people are going, bad joke. That's Howard's joke, not mine. So anyway, you ever heard of word association? Let me do smell association. I'm going to say some words, some phrases, and please, with all of your imagination, experience the smell of these words. Rain. Fresh cut grass, campfires, gasoline, skunk, coffee, cooking on a grill, rotten egg. Oh, there you go, Howard Tipton. (laughs) That's the winner. He gets a gold star, you'll get your prize afterwards. (laughs) <laughs> That's funny. And we'll finish with this one, bacon. Oh, that, mmm, yeah. Uh, next Sunday, um, uh, Eric will, will get the bacon that he wins for the award, and he'll make some bacon. Come in next Sunday morning, and you can eat some bacon. So there you go. You heard it right there. Um, all those smells elicit some kind of response, right? Each of those smells are Distinct. Most of those smells, for most of us, we would say they are pleasing smells. However, for some of them, not so much. All of those smells have a tendency to permeate everything around them. If you don't believe me, get some gasoline at the gas pump, step on one tiny droplet of gasoline, get back in the car, and you'll smell gasoline all day long. Here's the cool thing. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 talks about fragrances and aromas and how we are called to be the fragrance or the aroma of Jesus Christ to the world. And so it's a real neat passage. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16 if you've got a Bible with you then open your Bible, if you've got a uh, a phone or an iPad that has it open it there the words will be on the screen also if you're in the building and don't have a Bible we've got a Bible at both the front door and the back door that you're welcome to pick up use today or even take home with you as a gift from us. I looked down at my notes just then to make sure I said the right verses which is 2 Corinthians 2 verses 14 through 16 and and I realized uh, in my notes I said that Paul says that all of us should be letting off smells and I wanted to clarify, the smell he's not necessarily talking about is the smell of middle school boy. Can you relate to that smell? My son is now in fusion, so I can say that. It's not a good smell. Um, yes. Oh, I can you Got a witness back there. Amen, sister. Amen. I thought they were needing my attention to the sound booth. There's just Christina back there just jumping up and down. I got three of them boys, and even my husband, he's it's all stinky. So anyway, there we go. Uh, and he's getting a witness back there. Anyway, y'all quit distracting me. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, the question I'm asking us is, what kind of smell is your life letting off? Is it strong, and is it a good smell, or is it a bad smell? All right, here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. But thanks be to God, who is sufficient for these things? And just to kind of clarify that last phrase that I'm not going to preach on today, one thing that Paul does in in in, in these letters in Second Corinthians is he writes this letter to the church in Corinth. Is he clarifies that his sufficiency is not in himself, but his sufficiency is in Christ. And one reason he does that is because there were actually some people that were kind of questioning whether he was a, a legitimate apostle and whether he was an adequate enough teacher. And instead of boasting in himself, he boasts in Christ. So, so that's kind of what that last phrase means. Also, I'd encourage you this week to sometime read the entire chapter of 2 Corinthians chapter two. But we're going to focus this morning specifically on verses fourteen through sixteen. This week, I had the opportunity to uh, the last couple of weeks to study this passage, and I thought I knew what verse fourteen meant. And then I read commentary after commentary after commentary that helped me understand the context of a phrase in this sentence. The reason I say that is because for any of us to read God's word, we must first understand the context in which it was written so that we can understand what he was saying to the original people so that then we can apply it to ourselves. And the phrase that I found was this idea in the beginning of verse 14 when he says that Christ is leading us in this triumphal procession. What is this triumphal procession that he's talking about? Before I read the commentaries, I was like, well, it's clear. The triumphal procession is that Christ is king, and he's leading us in this triumphing parade, if you will, and that is a correct statement, but that's not the context that this is written. This context is this. Back then, the Roman Empire was large and in charge. And if they had a military victory that was even more than a victory, but a conquest, if they gained more land, if they killed so many people, if they took so many captives, if they were able to escape without much harm to them, they would actually invite the general and all of his winning troops to come back to Rome. And when they got to Rome, they would parade them with much pomp and circumstance through the city streets headed up to the capitol building to be able to celebrate another conquest for Rome and to celebrate the gods that they worshipped, in which they felt like they had received this victory. So this triumphal procession involved the general himself, other state officials, the, 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 the troops that won this battle, some of, the, uh, some of the, like, the goods that they had maybe conquested, like if they would gotten a lot of gold from this thing they'd bring kind of the stuff they captured back with them and then they would also have some of the troops that they had conquered and defeated It's interesting as they walked through the streets of the city as they celebrated as they chanted this phrase all hell triumphant one referring to the general and to the roman empire they also had priests who swung these censers. And these priests would swing these censers and there would be fragrance or incense that would be released from these censers as they went through the streets. And these censers were used as a form of worship to their gods and to the god Jupiter specifically. So whenever Paul says that Jesus leads us in this triumphal procession, we need to understand it's in the context of that and whenever Paul refers to the fragrance or the aroma or the smell, he's actually referring back to the smell of the incense being swung as they went through these parades. Typically, whenever they would finish the parade, the conquered captives would then be led to their death. They most definitely would be thrown in prison But oftentimes be executed there on the spot. So here is Paul. Look back at verse 14. Here's Paul at the beginning of verse 14 saying, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. Thinking about the parade that I talked about, talking about the different members of the parade, you had the governor. I'm sorry, the general, not governor. You had the, the general. You had the troops that won. You had the troops that lost. You have all of these priests coming through the streets. Whenever it says that Paul says that we are like them being paraded through in this triumphal procession by Christ, which one of the members of the parade is he referring to himself as? Depending on the commentary you read, some say one thing, some say another, but I believe that whenever Paul says that he's being led triumphantly by Jesus in this victory parade, he's actually referring to him as not a part of the victorious troops, but rather he's referring to himself as being conquered and now under the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. See, when the Roman Empire won this battle... Uh, i'm not a historian so i might be wrong here but it seems like when the roman empire won the battle it was a little bit for selfish reasons so they could conquer another territory and say look at us we've got it together but the reality is that when christ the true triumphant one wins the battle he wins it not for our harm but he wins it for our good and so here's jesus He's coming into our lives saying, guys, no longer should you be in charge of your life, but I as king and sovereign have the right to reign and rule in your life. So Paul is saying, I am being paraded through the streets as one who has been conquered. But the reality is this. He's now lovingly following Jesus and celebrating him. And instead of at the end of the parade being led to his death, he's being led into life everlasting in a relationship with jesus christ and here's the interesting thing i I jotted it down from one of the commentators is that we should see ourselves just like paul does as a conquered prisoner not as a victorious warrior but a conquered prisoner but it's a blessed defeat that in our defeat there's a freeing from the enslavement of sin and consequences of sin so here's paul he says we are captured by the work of jesus christ and that's something to celebrate so let's look at the end of verse 14 at the end of verse 14 he says and through this and through us jesus christ spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere if you've got your sermon outline the first note on your outline says this: that god uses us to spread his fragrance around the world this word spread has the idea of making something manifest, to make something new. And whenever we spread the knowledge of Jesus throughout the world, it's saying that we're to make the hidden things be known, and that is that Jesus is Savior. One of our families that's with us this weekend works in in Southeast Asia. Uh, Another family, uh, another missionary unit works in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Another family unit will be going to work among Muslims uh, all over the world. And the reality is that in each of those settings, they are working with people who don't know the hope of Jesus Christ and therefore they're tasked with the responsibility to spread or manifest or to make known the truth of who Jesus is. Reality is you and I Whether we live in College Station or Bryan all of our lives, or whether we move to another city or another state or to another community, we are called to do the same thing as well, to make Jesus known. This fragrance is a sweet aroma, this sweet aroma that's pleasing and draws you in. And as we live our lives in such a way that would draw others in so that they might hear of the hope of Christ, Then we're living out what god is calling us to do as i said this weekend at engage we've highlighted three different missionary family units and at the end of the service we'll be able to have a chance to pray over them as a church family as some of our, our our elders will come up and on behalf of the congregation pray over these families but i want us to understand that just as they have been called to go out and live their life on mission in these remote places that you and I are called to live our lives out on mission as well, but how is it that God is calling us to partner with them so that we can do what this verse says. The verse says that we are to spread the fragrance of his knowledge everywhere. That means all around the world, and as they go from this place, they are going as a as, as an extension of living hope as they share the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. So how can we partner with them? Last night, um, uh, last night we, we heard this verse. I wanted to share with you a way that we can be involved with them in their efforts. 3 John, verse 8 says this, Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we, we may be fellow workers for the truth. We are to work with these missionary families as they share the gospel around the world. Moses did a good job of kind of sharing with us three different ways we can be involved with these missionaries. Let me highlight them again. First of all, they're all the letter I, intercession. Let's commit to pray for them, that God would use them to share the gospel with people that need to hear it. The second eye is involvement. We need to be involved in their lives. There's lots of ways we can be involved in their lives. When service is over with, go out and meet them in the hallway. Get on their list so you can get on their prayer list so you can be aware of what's going on in their ministries and so you can communicate with them. So that you can love them, so that you can serve them, so that maybe you can send them care packages. Maybe we can go on mission trips to visit them. But let's be involved in their ministry. And then the third eye is is investment that God's calling us to invest our finances and our resources. And we do that on a regular basis as we collect regular offerings here in our church as well as many of you partner specifically directly with some of these missionaries. So we as Living Hope can be involved in missions around the world as we are involved in their lives. Another way that we can spread the fragrance of the hope of Jesus Christ around the world is there are some in this very room that God is calling you to go and live cross-culturally and be a missionary yourself. It's cool, this next week, uh, we're going to have a chance to actually pray over another one of our church members. David is going to be going to, uh, to Arizona, right? Uh, to work with some refugees and to share the gospel this summer. And so you might be called for a season to go and live cross-culturally. And also don't assume God might be calling you to live as a career Uh, to live cross-culturally. So that's another way that we as a church body can continue to share the fragrance of the hope of Jesus around the world. But as I think about sharing the fragrance of Jesus, it's not just in these other cities. It's also here in our own community. So how can we do that here? Glad you asked. We've got some booths out here, as I mentioned a moment ago. They're missionaries, but also there's some ministry partners. There's some great ministry uh, organizations that are here in our city. There's five of them that have booths out here that you can sit and visit and hear about their ministry. And perhaps God's calling you to walk alongside of them, maybe you individually, or your, your family or your d-group or your hope group, and you're going to invest in that ministry relationship with them. And then there's another way that we can be involved in spreading the fragrance of the hope of Jesus Christ around the world, and that is right here in our own church family. We've got some booths at the end of the hall that... Are our ministry areas within our congregation, whether it be worship or technology or, or, or discipleship or, or children or preschool or youth or college and young adults or maybe somebody else that I just left out, but there's a lot of tables down here. I would encourage you that if you are a, a member and a part of Living Hope, if you're not plugged into a ministry, do that. Get involved. And maybe you already are involved in ministry, but you want to see what else is out there. This morning, when we dismiss, don't run out the doors, but walk through these hallways And I would encourage you, as you do, to smell the fragrance of Christ at each of these booths and whether God might be calling you to plug in and be a part of any of those. And then perhaps, in many ways, the most important way that each of us can and should be the fragrance of Christ around the world is by first being faithful to do it right here, right now, wherever you go. So let me list some of the places you go. And let me ask you, are you the fragrance of Christ in these places? Do others smell Jesus on you? Do they know that you've been around him? What about at your home? What about in your neighborhood? What about with your family or with your friends? What about at your job or or at your school? What about the grocery store or when you run errands? What about in your hobbies? all of these places are places where we should be the fragrance of Christ. Now I'm no uh, Peanuts comic strip expert so I might be misrepresenting a character but work with me anyway. Do y'all know the character Pickpin? Whenever I think of pickpin, I don't know if he smelled or not but I know there was this big cloud of dust all over him and I just gotta believe that it was not only literal dust but for me it was a cloud of odor that followed him wherever he went. I guess what I'm asking you is this. Has Christ so permeated your life that in a good way, you are like pickpin and you've got this cloud of aura around you that's not you, but it's Jesus Christ and it's the fragrance of the hope of Jesus Christ so that wherever you go, people can't help hear and see and know about Jesus but the only way that we can do that is to remember what I think Paul tells us in verse 14 look at it with me again he says in verse 14 that Christ always leads us in triumphal procession we are not the victors he is the victor we are to be broken by the triumphant Christ coming under his reign and his rule and saying yes to him as our master and our Lord. That's the only way that we're going to let the fragrance of Christ be extended throughout the world. He then goes into verse 15 and he says, For we are the aroma of Christ to God. So I basically took that phrase and in my second note it says, We are the aroma of Christ. And so I'm asking this question, how are we to be the aroma of Christ? How are we to pour the aroma of Christ out to God and to the world? How are we to do that, practically speaking? The only way that we can do that is if the Holy Spirit is living within us. Because I can't manufacture the fragrance and scent and aroma of Jesus Christ to the world unless the Holy Spirit is at work within my life. So if you're a father of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you, and therefore he's emitting the fragrance of Christ in and through you. But the truth of the matter is this, that aroma only gets stronger as you spend more time with him. Have you ever made a sack lunch before? I know for me, I made sack lunches all the time because I'm a picky eater and I didn't want to eat what was at the cafeteria. So I would make a sack lunch and I'm pretty plain, Jane. I'd make that peanut butter and jelly sandwich, maybe grab a slice of cheese in there, uh, put some chips in there and and y'all are all looking at me funny. It's good stuff. And and then I would sometimes make a mistake. I, I know. I would sometimes make a mistake and I would put a banana that was a little too ripe in there and it would sit in my lunch all day long. I don't know if you've ever done that or not, but when you open that bad boy up, that peanut butter and jelly sandwich does not taste like peanut butter and jelly. It tastes like banana. That cheese does not taste like cheese. It tastes like banana. Why is that? Because the banana is so strong in its smell, it overwhelms everything around it. And the key is don't let it sit there too long because it's gonna soak up that smell. If we sit in the presence of Christ, it's just natural that his fragrance overwhelms our lives, and when people are around us, they smell, taste, see, and hear of the goodness of Christ, not because of us, but because of what he's doing in us. You see, discipleship, when we talk about be a disciple, make disciples, and be the church, discipleship is not simply a mental ascent to the truth of who Jesus Christ is. It is partially that, but it's allowing the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives in such a way that our lives are changed. It's not about doctrine only. It's about doctrine that changes our lives in such a way that we take on the character of Christ in our lives that we then are the aroma of Christ around us. Let me share with you a few ways that I think you and I can smell like Jesus. We refer to them as the spiritual disciplines. In fact, I was talking with someone in my office this week, one of my friends in my D group, and we were just talking about what does it look like when we talk about these spiritual disciplines. These are not empty religious exercises. These are not legalistic things to do. Rather, these are things that if we're involved in them will allow god's spirit to be at work in our lives so that we can be the aroma of christ to those around us so what are some potential spiritual disciplines that you and i should be involved in here they are i would encourage you to read god's word to study god's word we don't know who he is without reading his word to us And here at our church, we have an opportunity to read through the New Testament together. You may be reading another reading plan, and that's totally fine. But if you don't have a plan, at the bottom of our sermon notes is the reading plan for this coming week. And so we're reading 2 Corinthians chapters 3 through 7, one chapter a a day as we walk through the New Testament together. But get in a rhythm of reading God's Word on a daily basis and studying it. I'd also encourage you don't just read God's Word, but meditate on it and begin to memorize God's Word i'd encourage also with prayer to be involved in conversation with god not telling god what you need but to be in a dialogue or conversation with god speaking to him and hearing him speak to you i would encourage you maybe even consider fasting and i know that's a, a topic that many of us are not familiar with and maybe we've not done much of but Fasting is another spiritual discipline. Corporate worship, which is what we're doing together this morning, is a part of spiritual discipline. Another aspect is community, doing life together. It, it's, this weekend we've heard a lot from our missionaries about how living hope is very good at doing life together or experiencing community among followers of Jesus Christ. Really the primary way that we experience that as a church family is through what we call our hope groups. And if you're not in a hope group, I'd encourage you to get in a hope group. Hope groups meet during the course of the week. Most of them are meeting in person. We do have at least one that's meeting virtually, so there's an option for all of us. There's different nights of the week, some that even meet on Sunday. If you want community, if you want to know others that are a part of our church family, your church family, you can't experience that to the fullest degree on Sunday mornings. You need the experience of a hope group. If you aren't in one, I encourage you this week, get on the website, call the church office, get in a hope group. And then on top of that is accountability. Accountability takes place within hope groups. Accountability takes place within relationships with people. Accountabilities take place within Bible studies, and accountability also can take place in what we refer to as D groups, where two or three—I'm uh, sorry, three or four people of the same gender come together to to hold one another in loving accountability to follow Jesus. All of these are ways that you and I can have the aroma of Christ on us so that we can then share his aroma with those around us. Now, let's look at the end of verse 15 and verse 16. It says that we're to spread the aroma of Christ, and it says, among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, to one, a fragrance from death to death, to the other, a fragrance from life to life. We're going to unpack what does he mean from death to death? What does he mean from life to life? What does he mean that we're to be the aroma of Christ to both those that are perishing and those who are saved? Here's what I want to see, that my final point is this, that the fragrance of Christ demands a response from people. And what I mean by that is as we live our lives and we demonstrate Christ to those around us, as we use our words and tell about the Gospels. We proclaim the Gospel. As we do these things, we are then the aroma of Christ and everyone around us, whether they are are saved or not saved, hear the Gospel proclaimed. All of them hear of a triumphant Christ in in, in our lives. Both the lost and the saved hear it, or both the lost and saved, as he says here, smell it. He says for some, it's from death to death. From others, it's from life to life. What's Paul getting at here? For one thing, he's saying not all smells appeal to people the exact same way. For some, a smell is a smell of death, and for some, it's a smell of life. Let me give you an example in my household, okay? In my house, and I don't know who's going to relate to this one way or the other, there's a smell, a distinct smell and for some it's the smell of life and for me it's the smell of death here's what it is not because of how Ashley makes it because the smell if I go to your house I'd say the same thing if the girls are watching TV they want to make some popcorn and they make fresh popcorn they get the oil out they put the popcorn in they do their thing or whatever and I guarantee you that the girls and the dog all think it's the smell of life and they're in heaven and when I smell popcorn it is nasty and the smell of death can I get an amen to that a few not really okay whatever i don't like the smell of popcorn they do okay paul's not really necessarily talking about popcorn here but he is talking about this idea that sometimes the smell brings good memories to people and sometimes that same smell brings a bad memory to other people for us to really get it we got to go back to that procession you remember what i said about the procession how they were go through the streets of the city of Rome and they would have the victors and the losers right and i said that as a part of it they would have the priests swinging these censers and these censers would have fragrance this fragrance and this incense would rise and i'm sure it was very strong smelling imagine for a moment you're one of those patriotic romans and you're in the streets and you're observing this parade and you smell the incense and yes, we won again. We are amazing. We are large and in charge. Our empire has expanded. Go Rome. That kind of thing. And it's a reminder as they walk through the streets, thankfully I'm walking. I'm alive. We won this battle. It's the smell of life to me. Now imagine if you are the conquered one and you smell that smell. You will despise that same very smell because it's not the smell of life it's literally the smell of death as your country was defeated as your comrades were killed in battle and as you most likely know you're going to a dungeon at the best scenario and you're going to the executioner at the worst scenario so that very smell which is life to some is death to others. To victors is the smell of life. To victory and continued living. And to the conquered is the smell of death. So I read this text this week. I read what some other translations have to say. I typically preach out of the ESV, but I I read this verse in the NLT, which is the New Living Translation, and here's how the verse is quoted there. It says, This fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. And what Paul is saying is, as we preach this gospel message, there will be some who welcome it in and receive the hope of Christ, and there's others who will reject that message. And what we need to remember is those who are called to proclaim the message of Christ, they're not rejecting us, they're rejecting the message of Christ. Hope is found in Jesus. That this idea that some will turn us down and others will receive the gospel should thereby not stop us from sharing the gospel. It's our job and our responsibility and our privilege to proclaim the good news of Jesus, understanding that in the middle of it all, this very message will bring both death and life. To those who accept it, there's life and hope. To those who turn it down, it does point to the lack of hope and thereby death. So what is this gospel message? What is this message of Jesus that we're to proclaim everywhere we go? Here's the simple version of the gospel. The word gospel means good news. But for us to hear the good news, we have to understand the bad news as well. And here is the news that we see lived out in humanity as well as written in God's word that God created each and every one of us. God created each and every one of the how many billions of people that are on the earth right now. That God made each and every one of us so that we could be in relationship with him. He made us so that we could extend his glory and proclaim his sovereignty and his rule and his reign. But the reality is this, every single one of us kind of bucked the system. We don't want to do that. We don't want him to be in charge. Like, I'm in charge. I call the shots. I do things my way. I mean, sure, I'll be a good guy. I'll be nice to my neighbor. But I don't want to really focus on these other things and do things like God is telling me to do it. Like, I want to do things my own way. And that selfishness leads us to a life of sin. We find out in the Bible that sin is much more than a mistake. Sin is much more than just not doing it the proper way. But sin is anything that we either do that God says we shouldn't or not do that he says that we should. That a sin is going contrary to what God's will, purpose, and plan is for our lives. So whenever I I'm selfish, that is sin. Whenever I lie, that is sin. Whenever I don't tell others about Jesus, that's sin. Whenever I don't glorify him, that's sin. We could go on and on and on, but the truth of the matter is this, that God's word says that each and every one of us has sinned. Each and every one of us falls short of God's glory and therefore we don't extend glory to him like we should. And the Bible gives us very bad news and this is from death to death that if we are sinners then we deserve and will receive the punishment of our sin which is death. And that death is not primarily only exclusively physical death but more importantly it is death of separation for all eternity from God. And because I'm a sinner, that's what I deserve and receive. But then you've got the gospel good news, which is life to life, and that is that Jesus, the Son of God, was sent to live on this planet in order that we might be restored into a right relationship with God, not by our morality, not by our church attendance, not by our good looks, not by the good works that we do, that our relationship with God is 100% Hinging upon the fact that Jesus, the Son of God, took our punishment on himself. But the death that we deserve, and for a moment this separation from the Father that we deserve, he took on his shoulders and died in our place. And the Bible says... That as soon as we acknowledge that we are sinners in need of a Savior outside of ourselves and that we understand that Jesus is exclusively the way to a relationship to the Father and we receive that free gift that he offers to us, understanding that he died for our sins and that three days later he was able to overcome sin, death, and the grave by resurrecting to life, that that's where salvation is found. But I'll tell you this, all over the world, including here in College Station, that is an offensive message. Who are you to tell me that I have to follow your God? Who are you to tell me that my way isn't good enough? If that works for you, great, but I'm going to do my own thing. Who are you to say that this fictitious person, Jesus, that you believe in is the way and the reality is he's not fictitious. He is sovereign. He is triumphant. He is Lord. And he is the way to salvation. So some of us in this room, the very fact that you've heard that message again today, if you've not trusted in him, the message I've shared with you is actually a fragrance of, a fragrance of death if you reject that message. But the good news is that if you would turn and repent of your sin and trust in Jesus and him alone, it turns from a message of death to a message of life. And this life isn't just waiting for you when you get to heaven. Like, I'm, I'm uh, 49 years old, hopefully i got another 30 years in me, and I'm going to wait for 30 or 40 more years before I experience this life. No, that life is available right here, right now, in a relationship with Jesus So here's the deal. No doubt this gospel message is offensive, but may we never be offensive. As we proclaim this message of Jesus, as we are the aroma of Christ, may it be a pleasing aroma as it pertains to how we communicate it. And if they reject it, may it not be because of us and our offensiveness, but because of the offensiveness to them of the message. But that should never stop us from preaching that message. So here's the deal. What do we do with this? I said, what's that smell? It's the smell of Christ. And and what are we going to do with it? Are we going to receive it or are we going to reject it? Are we going to proclaim it or are we going to hoard it to ourselves? So here are some possible next steps. I've got four next steps. And I would encourage you that if you're here in the building, maybe you'd get the connection card and you'd jot down your next step and drop it in the offering box when we're dismissed or get on the QR code and fill out the connection card online. But here are some possible next steps. I've got four of them. Number one, ask yourself this question. What will I do with this gospel message? You've heard it proclaimed again today. You can't hear the gospel message and be neutral you either accept it or you reject it. And if today you go, I'll get back to it next week, you're not being neutral. You're rejecting it. Are you going to receive or reject the gospel of mes- uh, message of Jesus Christ this morning? Number two, here's your possible next step. Some of us need to commit to spend more time with Jesus in order to smell more like him. When your coworkers look at you, they don't smell Jesus. They smell the world. Because you're not spending time with Jesus. You're not living out the things you're learning. you got head knowledge, but you're not having heart change. We need to spend time with Jesus so that we can smell more like him. So maybe you need to commit to read your Bible. Maybe you need to commit to pray. Maybe you need to commit to a hope group. Maybe you need to commit to a D group. I don't know where God's leading you, but take that next step that would allow you to spend more time with him so you can smell more like him. Here's the third next step. A commitment to proclaim the gospel. Don't walk out of here going, well, Alan said that if I live like Jesus and spend time with him, I'll smell like Jesus and people can just smell me and I don't have to use my words to tell them about Jesus. No, that's not what I'm saying. I say, smell like Jesus so that when you tell them about Jesus, they'll like the smell and they'll like the story of Jesus. Are you ready to proclaim the gospel? It was really cool last night. Even as Hope Pregnancy Center was here and she was sharing about how we could partner with them, everything she was saying was, and you can share the gospel. Like if you partner with us, you can come in, you can tell these ladies about how they can keep their child or they can uh, adopt their child or they can do whatever, but they need to hear the gospel. Everything we do should be gospel-centered and motivated. Let us proclaim the gospel to others. And along the lines of this, we can engage Engage in the gospel. Engage in the ministry. Do that through our missionaries and partnering with them. Do that through our local community partners. Do that through our ministries that are part of our church family. Just a moment after we're dismissed, I encourage you to make your way through that hallway. And sense as God draws you in to engage in the gospel through ministry. I'm going to lead us in prayer. After the prayer is over with, we'll sing another song as a church body, as a church family. As we sing that song, I would encourage you, what is God saying to you? Maybe you need to come and commit yourself at the altar. Maybe you need to pray right there at your seat. Maybe you need to get on our website and sign up for a hope group right now, right this moment. Uh, Maybe you need to come and talk with me. Maybe you need to fill out your connection card. What is God calling you to do? Don't walk out of here the same Say yes to Jesus this morning. So let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for a chance to come and worship you this morning and to smell the aroma of Jesus in this place. But remember that the aroma of Jesus is not to stay locked into these four walls, but the aroma of Christ goes with us that we are to proclaim the hope of Jesus to the nations. Father, give us conviction and courage to do that very thing. Move in this place right now and give us the courage to say yes to you and respond to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Would you stand with us? I encourage you to say yes to Jesus this morning, specifically stop rejecting this gospel message because if you do, it is literally the fragrance of death. Would you say yes to life in Jesus today? If you need more information how to do that, I am here, I am chomping at the bits to tell you about this Jesus who loves us and who died to save us. Let's worship together and respond as God leads us to do so. This
0: is a new song for us. If you don't know it, uh, I think it's easy to catch on to it, but the words are so rich to it, and uh, once you catch on, start singing it with us. Christine's going to lead it.
6: What gift of grace is Jesus my redeemer?
5: About us. It's not about our power and our strength. Do yourself a favor, look back in Philippians 2.13. It has a lot to say about where our power and our strength comes from. It's not from ourselves, but it's from Christ through us for the glory of God. I, I'm so thrilled that you worshiped with us this morning. Um, I'm glad that you came, whether you be here in person or whether you be online. I, I'm going to ask those that are in the building to go ahead and have a seat. We are going to finish our time out by praying uh, for our missionaries. For those of you that are worshiping online with us, we're going to need to cut off the live feed at the end of what I'm sharing here. And, and here's why uh, some of our families here, kind of for security reasons, as it relates to the places around the world where they serve, it would not be wise for us to have it on the feed for the whole internet uh, to see. And so, we're not excluding you. Rather, we're just kind of watching out for our missionaries. Uh, but I would encourage you that, that if you've been a part of this weekend and you know these missionaries by name and by face and by location, those of you that are at home, is, as we cut off the feed in a moment, that you would pray for them and that you would pray for our church family because the reality is it's not just praying for these individual families, but it's actually praying for our congregation to continue to partner with them as they extend the gospel around the world. And as we do that with them, as well as ourselves, as we're a part of sharing the gospel here locally. So we are so thrilled that you worship with us online today and uh, be praying for uh, these missionaries as as we do that here in a moment. So uh, if you're online, uh, we're going to be.